Chapter Ten of the History of Miss Betsy Thoughtless, Volume One by Eliza Haywood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ginger Cucolo. Gives the catastrophe of the Oxford ramble and in what manner the young ladies returned to London. If the wounds Mr. Francis had received had been all the misfortune attending Miss Betsy in this adventure, it is probable that as she every day heard he was in a fair way of recovery, the first gust of passion would have been all she had sustained. But she soon found other consequences arising from it, which were no less afflicting and more galling to her pride. The quarrel between the two young gentlemen and the occasion of it was presently blazed over the whole town it spread like wildfire every one made their several comments upon it and few there were who endeavoured to find any excuse for the share miss betsy and miss flora had in it the ladies of oxford are commonly more than ordinarily circumspect in their behaviour as indeed it behooves them to be in a place where there are such a number of young gentlemen many of whom pursue pleasure more than study and scruple nothing for the gratification of their desires it is not therefore to be wondered at that being from their infancy trained up in the most strict reserve and accustomed to be upon their guard against even the most distant approaches of the other sex they should be apt to pass the severest censures on a conduct which they had been always taught to look upon as a sure destruction of reputation and frequently fatal to innocence and virtue this being pretty generally the characteristic of those ladies who were of any distinction in oxford miss betsy and miss flora immediately found that while they continued there they must either be content to sit at home alone or converse only with such as were as disagreeable to them as they had now rendered themselves to those of a more unblemished fame they had received several visits all of which they had not yet had time or leisure to return but now going to pay the debt which complaisance demanded from them they were denied access at every place they went to all the persons were either abroad or indisposed but the manner in which these answers were given easily convinced miss betsy and miss flora that they were no more than mere pretences to avoid seeing them in the public walks and in passing through the streets they saw themselves shunned even to a degree of rudeness those of their acquaintance who they were obliged to meet them looked another way and went hastily on without vouchsafing a salute this was the treatment their late unhappy adventure drew on them from those of their own sex nor did those of the others seem to behave to them with greater tenderness or respect especially the younger students who all having got the story thought they had a fine opportunity of exercising their poetic talents satires and lampoons flew about like hail many of these anonymous compositions were directed to miss betsy and thrown over the rails into the area of the house where she lodged others were sung under the windows by persons in disguise and copies of them handed about throughout the whole town to the great propagation of scandal and the sneering faculty never certainly did pride and vanity meet with a more severe humiliation than what these witticisms inflicted on those who by their inconsiderate behaviour had laid themselves open to them neither the assurance of miss flora nor the great spirit of miss betsy could enable them to stand the shock of those continual affronts which every day presented them with 
they dreaded to expose themselves to fresh insults if they stirred out of the doors and at home they were persecuted with the unwearied remonstrances of their grave landlady so that their condition was truly pitiable both of them were equally impatient to get out of a place where they found their company was held in so little estimation but miss betsy thought her brother would not take it well should she go to london and leave him in the condition he then was miss flora's importunities however joined to the new occasion she every day had for increasing her discontent on staying got the better of her apprehension and she wrote to her brother in the following terms to mr francis thoughtless dear brother though i am not to my great affliction permitted to see you or offer that assistance which might be expected from a sister in your present situation yet i cannot without the extremest regret resolve to quit oxford before you are perfectly recovered of those hurts you have received on my account however as by your judging it is proper for me to come to you i cannot suppose you are wholly unacquainted with the severe usage lately given me and must look on every affront offered to me as an indignity to you i am apt to flatter myself you will not be offended that i wish to remove from a place where innocence is no defence against scandal and the show of virtue more considered than reality nevertheless i shall determine nothing till i hear your sentiments which if i find conformable to mine shall set out for london with all possible expedition i would very fain see you before i go and if you consent will come to you so muffled up as not to be known by any who may happen to meet me i shall expect your answer with the utmost impatience being my dear brother by friendship as well as blood most affectionately yours e thoughtless when this letter was dispatched miss flora made use of all the arguments she was mistress of in order to persuade miss betsy to go for london even in case her brother should not be altogether so willing for it as she wished he would miss betsy though no less eager than herself to be out of a place she now so much detested would not be prevailed upon to promise anything on this score but persisted in her resolution of being wholly directed how to proceed by the answer she should receive from mr francis miss flora was so fretted at this perverseness as she called it that she told her in a very great pet that she might stay if she pleased and be the laughing-stock of the town but for her own part she had more spirit and would be gone the next day miss betsy coolly replied that if she thought proper to do so she would doubtless at liberty but believe mr goodman and even lady mellison herself would look on such a behaviour as neither consistent with generosity or common good manners it is indeed scarce probable that the other had the least intention to do as she had said though she still continued to threaten it in the most positive and peremptory terms and this if we consider the temper of both these young ladies we may reasonably suppose might have occasioned a second quarrel between them if the servant whom mr francis always sent to his sister had not that instant come in and put an end to the disputes by delivering a letter to miss betsy which she hastily opening found it contained these lines to miss thoughtless my dear sister it is with an inexpressible satisfaction that i find your own inclinations have anticipated the request i was just about to make you i do assure you the moment i received your letter i was going to write in order to persuade you to do the very thing you seem to desire 
oxford is indeed a very censorious place i have always observed it to be so and have frequently told the ladies between jest and earnest that i thought it was a town of the most scandal and least sin of any in the world i am pretty confident some of those who pretend to give themselves airs concerning you and miss flora are as perfectly convinced of your innocence as i myself am yet after all that has happened i would not have you think of staying and the sooner you depart the better you need be under no apprehensions on account of my wounds those i received from the sword of my antagonist are in a manner healed and that with the pistol-shot in my shoulder is in as fine a way as can be expected in so short a time those i had the fortune to give him are in a yet better condition so that i believe it was not for the over-caution of our surgeon we might both quit our rooms to-morrow i hear that our grave superiors have had some consultations on our duel and that there is a talk of our being both expelled but for my part i shall certainly save them the trouble and quit the university of my own accord as soon as my recovery is completed my genius is by no means adapted to the study of divinity i think the care of my own soul more than sufficient for me without taking upon me the charge of a whole parish you may therefore expect to see me shortly at london as it is highly necessary i should consult mr goodman concerning my future settlement in the world i should be extremely glad of a visit from you before you leave oxford more especially as i have something of moment to say to you which i do not choose to communicate by letter but cannot think it at all proper for particular reasons that you should come to me some or other of the gentlemen being perpetually dropping into my chamber and it is impossible for you to disguise yourself so as not to be distinguished by young fellows whose curiosity would be the more excited by your endeavours to conceal yourself as this might revive the discourse of an affair which could wish might be buried in an eternal oblivion must desire you will defer the satisfaction you propose to give me till we meet at london to which i wish you and your fair companion a safe and pleasant journey i am with the greatest tenderness my dear sister your affectionate brother f thoughtless the receipt of this letter gave an infinity of contentment to miss betsy she had made the offer of going to take her leave of him chiefly with the view of keeping him from suspecting she wanted natural affection and was no less pleased with his refusing the request she made him on that account than she was with his so readily agreeing to her returning to london miss flora was equally delighted they sent their footman that instant to take places in the stage-coach and early the next morning set out from a place which on their entering into it they did not imagine they should quit either so soon or with so little regret End of chapter ten recording by ginger cucolo